Matthew chapter 10, we started a series just before I went away, walking in the wisdom of the serpent and the dove, isn't it? And uh, uh, Pastor Sam continued. How many were blessed by it? Matthew 10, 16 to 22, the Bible says that, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you ought to speak, for it will be given to you in, the, in that hour what you, will, you should speak. For it is not you who will speak, but the Holy Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother, brother will deliver up brother to death, and father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Hallelujah. So Jesus was talking to his disciples and said that, Behold, I send you in the midst of wolves. I send you out in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen. And I said to you that the wolves have only one relationship with the sheep. The wolves see the sheep as dinner. How many agree? And the wolves will chase the sheep to eat them. And so I was wondering, if God was going to send anybody anywhere, why would God send his sheep? This is the sheep of his pasture. That's his own sheep. He says, that I'm sending you, my sheep, in the midst of wolves. So it means I'm placing you in a place where you can be eaten. So I was wondering why God decided to do that. Why God decided that he would put us in the midst of wolves. Then I, I remembered Psalm 23 that says that, verse 5, that, says, that prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I'm sending you in the midst of wolves because that is where I prepared your table. There's a table that is prepared for you, but that table is prepared in the midst of your enemies. So you cannot say that you want to live a life outside your enemies. Because the living a life outside your enemies means living a life without God's provision. How many understand what I'm saying? It's living a life, most of us like to avoid confrontation. How many know what I'm talking about? How many are like me? You don't like confrontation. You don't like, you know, having to have, address issues and, you know, confront human beings. You don't like that. You want to be a perfect Christian. Mind your own business. Sit in your corner. I have news for you. It means that you want to live a life without God's provision. Because God's provision is in a place where you have to confront enemies. It's in a place where you have to confront the people who don't wish you well. How can we eat 
when we are being surrounded by people who hope we choke. How can you eat when people want you to die? And in their presence, God expects you to eat. It, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound sensible. It doesn't sound... God, if you are going to send your, your sheep, why do you send them to a place where they can easily be devoured? He says, I'm sending you there because I've given you two keys, two tools, two powerful things, elements that if you depend on, you can survive. I'm giving you the wisdom of the serpent and the humility of the dove. If you lend yourself on these two, you'll be all right. And it means that if you lend yourself on these two, you'll be able to also glean and take everything that I have prepared for you. You know, I, 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 I did a deep uh, conversation, introspection, about this particular passage with God, and I was wondering, God, why is it that our blessings is set in a place where dangers are? You see, in life, uh, let me tell you something. In life, you will never achieve anything if you don't, if you are afraid of hurdles, if you are afraid of barriers, if you are afraid of uh, of confrontation, if you are afraid of challenges, you will not go far. And I was asking God, why? And God says that because Satan is the God of this world. Since Adam ceded his dominion and his authority and gave to the serpent or the, that uh, creature, and that creature who represented Satan became the Lord of the world. That was the time that wolves were introduced into the world. When I say wolves, I'm talking about the wolves that will devour the sheep. And they see us as God's creature who are meant for eating. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You see, Satan takes particular joy when the children of God are destroyed. Satan doesn't take much joy when unbelievers are destroyed. That's how come before you got born again, you're all right. Since you got born again and became a Christian, now challenges from everywhere hitting you this way, that way, and you are wondering why. It's because now you are a sheep in the midst of the wolves. And his and it's, uh, uh, main aim is to devour you. Because once he devours you, once a Christian falls, once you, you, a scandal breaks on you, it becomes one feather in the cap of Satan. Amen. That's, how, that's the reason why we must not be careless. Because sometimes I, I, we get destroyed not because God doesn't want to protect us, but we violate certain principles. We violate certain, certain things that God has put in place for us. If you violate, the Bible says, he that breaks the hedge, the serpent will bite. If you live with, within the hedge, you are protected. You know, uh, in Job chapter 1, verse 6, it says that it's the sons of God gathered, and Satan also came. And Satan, God asked Satan, from whence cometh thou? He said, from walking to and fro the earth, looking for somebody to devour. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? And he said, listen, I have considered Job. 
The only reason why I have not been able to touch him is because of the hedge you have put around him. Which means that every Christian, every, every born again believer who is walking in the will of God, it has a certain edge, hedge around them. That makes them impossible. It makes it impossible for Satan to destroy you. Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It is impossible for Satan to destroy. Sometimes we allow fear to break the hedge where we are concerned. Oh, I don't know whether you understand, you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we allow fear. Because when Satan wants to attack you, the first thing he introduces is fear. Because fear, where fear comes, faith goes away. And when faith goes away, it means the hedge is broken. Then he can come in, Satan can come in and destroy. But Jesus is saying that, I send you out in the midst of wolves. So therefore, have the characteristics or the wisdom of the serpent. And I think we went through, how many remember what we said? Let's go, let's rehearse it for those who are not here quickly. Number one was what? The serpent is very, very crafty, very cunning. He knows when to strike and when not to strike. Hallelujah. I, and I gave the, the, the imagery of uh, the serpent is the only creature that is not endangered. It's no, the only species of, 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 of mammals that is not endangered. The, the, the tiger is endangered. The lion is endangered. We have seen a lot of all these uh, 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 mammals, rhinoceros, and all these type of big, big creatures come and go. Dinosaurs and all the, all the source gone. They came, they were strong, they were mighty, they were powerful, but somehow they got extinct. But from the days of Adam to today, the serpent is growing stronger and stronger. Are you with me? Because the serpent can be in this room and you will never know that he's here. Hallelujah. You can have a, a snake here, they'll go to school, they'll give birth, they will, they will have children, grandchildren in this room and we will not know that there's a snake here. Because the day we all find out that there's a snake in this room, that's the day the snake dies. How many understand what I'm saying? All human beings have a certain hatred and dislike for snakes. Very, very few people, weird people, have keep snakes as pets. But the majority of people don't like snakes. And as soon as we see that there's a snake, we'll find a way to kill it. Amen. Amen. But the snake is not endangered. Why? Because the snake lives. The snake sees us as wolves. And it lives with us with wisdom. A Christian must understand that you have to hide to thrive. Do you understand? You hide to thrive. Some of us, we expose ourselves too early. Too early. We expose our Christianity even too early. Not to win souls, but to show off. You see, Samson was very strong. But Samson exposed himself. He exposed himself towards his enemies. How you, you a judge of Israel... A judge of God's people, you stay in the midst of the enemies. 
You, the first woman Samson took was not the woman, Delilah. <clears throat> he had a few. And it was so, so, so apparent that Delilah was after Samson's strength. Samson knew. Two, three times she asked. And she, 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 uh, he lied. If you tie my hair, and if you do this, if you tie me with a string, I'll be weak. And then he was playing with fire. <clears throat> A lot of us as Christians, we play with fire. The Bible says that can you take coals of fire into your bosom and not be bent? Is it possible? This person, you know, This person you know is after you. you know. When they get you, it won't be easy. You know. You know. And then you go around playing with the, with the person. <laughs> playing with fire. And the day you are bent, you are sad and angry. Why are you angry? Why are you angry? When you are playing, didn't you know that you could, you could be bent? You were told, you were warned, you didn't listen. Serpent doesn't take chances. I said the serpent doesn't take chances. We take too many chances. That's how come we fail in life. That's how come we are destroyed. The second thing was what? It's wise and cautious. I told you that uh, the lion is after the deer. The snake is also after the deer. But the lion will run all over the place trying to catch the slowest deer. And I told you that the deer can turn with one pair of legs. The lion has to take three steps before it can turn. Are you with me? So it means the, the lion, the deer is going fast, fast, just being chased by the lion. Going, go, go, and turns. Then you see the lion has to go one, two, three. Where are you? Then turns. He's behind. Then he goes, 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 he turns again. Then he has to take three steps before he can turn. So sometimes the lion will run around the whole day and not catch the deer. Then the deer will just go and perch in a, on the grass somewhere, resting, resting. And then the snake just comes quietly, cautiously behind and then spits venom in the eyes of the the deer and disorientates the deer for a little bit and then the snake just gently calls itself around the snake calls around the deer and then squeezes the life out of the deer with a hug sometimes your life is being squeezed by a girl's hug and you are dying but you don't know that you are dying your life is going your christian life is finished because a strange animal is squeezing the life, but it's so gentle that you don't feel that you are dying. You don't feel that you are being, you are being destroyed. It's not every hug that you must embrace. I say it's not every hug. You are a deer. Anaconda is just about to squeeze your life out. By the time they finish with you, 
you'll be in pieces. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So you see, the snake will squeeze the life out of the, the, the deer. Then the deer will just lie quietly. And then you see the snake will just use the, 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 the top of the head, mouth will just go on top. Then the uh, lower lip will just gradually massage itself to the corner. And then before you realize, it just gently maneuvering itself, maneuvering itself until the deer disappears into the stomach of the snake. And then the snake just retreats in the bush. By that time, the lion has recovered, looking for the same deer, <laughs> running around. And the deer, is, the deer is in somebody else's stomach. The, long, the Bible said the young lion lack because they don't have wisdom. Hallelujah. Sometimes we lack because we don't have the wisdom of God. You see, it's not everything that is prayer. I say it's not everything that is prayer. It's not everything that is fasting. Because God has already given you wisdom. So anything God has given you, he has no business trying to give you miraculously. Because he has already given you wisdom to achieve and acquire that thing. If only you use it, then you can achieve it. Hallelujah. The thing that most of us Christians suffer a lot from is lack of wisdom. It says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. We, we see knowledge is the absence of information. And foolishness is the lack of a careful methodic, methodic use of information at any given time. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a lot of information. You have a lot of knowledge, but you don't apply it when it's needed. That means you're a fool. And that is one of the things that destroys us as Christians. It's not Satan. Sometimes we, we give Satan a lot more credit than he deserves. Because what is killing us is not Satan, but it's our lack of wisdom. Lack of the right usage of the knowledge we have. That is what is killing us. So he says that be wise as serpents. What was the next one? Very quickly, I want to talk about the dove today. So. It, it strikes only within striking distance. Next one. It is what? Totally. In First Timothy 4.15, it says that uh, give yourself holy so that your profiting may appear unto all. The reason why you are not profitable, the reason why we don't benefit from everything God has given you is because you don't give yourself holy to it. You are not totally committed. You are very, very, very partial in your commitment. In everything. Partially committed to church. Partially committed to your life. Partially committed to your studies. Partially committed to marriage. Partially committed to your life. You are a passenger in your life. Pas you are not driving. Life is driving you. 
How many understand what I've just said? It's like you are just, it's like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You, have, you haven't planned that far. So when life takes you here, you are going. When life takes you there, you are going. When life takes you there, you are going. You are not driving your life. I don't like reacting to things. Because when I'm reacting to things, it means I'm not in charge. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. A lot of us, we are reactionary. We always react. Our life is about reaction. When this happens, I'll do this. When this happens, I'll do this. You are not in charge. Things are being done and you are just reacting to it. No, I like to plan. I plan and execute what I have planned. So I'm in charge of it. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? When God wanted to form the earth, when God wanted to form the heavens and the earth, he planned, let us make man in our own image. In chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, he says, let us make man in our own image. From 27, 28, let them have dominion. Let them be fruitful and multiply. But he hadn't created man. It was chapter 2 that he created man. But chapter 1, he planned it. Chapter 2, he says that man was not in place. God did not make man because there was... He, was not, he didn't create anything because man was not in place to till the land. So he left the land alone. No, he created a land in his head. He has created all these things. But until man was there, he didn't touch the herbs. Are you with me? Which suggests to me that God is a planner. God is not reactionary. God knew before the world began that Satan would get Adam. So he set the blood in Revelation. He set the blood to overcome by the word of their, the blood of the and the word of their testimony. God is a foreplanner. He executes according to plan. And we are made in his image. So we must execute according to plan and stop being reactionary. You went for this interview, you didn't get it. You went for that interview, you didn't get it. You went for that interview, you didn't get it. Then you got an interview here, which is... Uh, uh, what do you call it? You are go it's going to take you out of the house of God. It's going to take you away from your Christian virtue. But that's the only job you got. So it's like, uh, I have to take it. It's like, you, you, are, you have sold your, your soul. But the world would a man give in exchange for his soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Are you understand what I'm saying? So that's it's like you have reacted to the poverty. You have reacted to the need. You have reacted to the lack of job and the bills and taken something that you didn't have to touch it. Because you never plan, you never plan your life. You react. Snake never reacts to anything. Snake will be here. You can come and pass. It will not touch you. If the snake is not threatened and it has the option whether to attack or not, the snake will not attack. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Because a snake is not a reactionary thing. A creature. He's a planner. Long-term planner. And he executes what he has planned. When a snake plans to catch this creature, this antelope or this deer, and another one comes to cross, it will not chase, stop this one and chase that one. But when, when uh, a lion is going for this one, this one crossed, now immediately the one, another one crossed, then the lion is everywhere. That, the, the snake is not like that. If you said, this is the one I want, 
is very patient and is very calculating. And so he gets what he has to get and it preserves his life. Hallelujah. Christians, we must learn how to be plan long term planners and calculating. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? The way you are looking at me, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Become a planner and stop being reactionary. It's not everything you must react to. Hallelujah. Next one, quickly. The total the snake is totally independent. Independent of his parents, independent of his whatever. It's totally independent. Totally independent. Doesn't ha- you see, most of us we always like to blame others. We blame everybody but ourselves for our ills and our woes. Because we are dependent on people. Stop being dependent on people. I said, stop being dependent on people. Depend on God alone. Amen. The snake, the day it comes out of the mother's egg, that's the day it says goodbye to the mother. The mother is going that way, the snake is going that way. So snakes don't have breasts to give breast milk. <laughs> How many understand what I'm, I'm saying? They don't, they don't do that. Let's go. We always want to, to be fed. We always want to, it's always about, they didn't do this for me, they didn't do that for me, they didn't do this for me, they didn't do that for me. No, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. I, 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 went, I went, I was talking to a mother who says that the daughter has been quarreling with her. And the daughter has been quarreling like, I mean, serious quarrel. I don't, that she, the daughter lives in the house, but doesn't talk to the mother. And then, and then the daughter goes to the mother angrily says that, where's my food? The one that she doesn't talk, where's my food? Why haven't you left me my food? <laughs> and I mean, it is my right to have you cook for me to eat. And we are talking about a grown-up daughter. It's not like a baby. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it's because we have this sense of entitlement. We, we feel that we are entitled to everything. You're not entitled to anything. Yeah, I said nobody owes you anything. Preach. You are not entitled to anything. Anything you get is by grace. Right. Anything you get, you must appreciate. Hallelujah. Amen. You're not entitled to anything. Nobody owes you anything. Even your father, your mother's father don't owe you anything. They looked after you, kept you nine months, at least took you through school. You can read and write. That's it. That's where it ends. Now, as soon as you can read one sentence, your, your, your mother or father's uh, responsibility for you is finished. Go live your life. You don't, you don't like what I'm saying. How many can read and write? Give me a wave. If you can read and write, your parents' responsibility for towards you is finished. Anything you get after that is grace. And you must be appreciative. I say you must appreciate everything. At least you are better than the snake. The snake, the day they are born, that's it, they are gone. 
Like, why haven't you bought me my, why haven't you, eh? How are you nothing? So when I give you a pin, be grateful. Hallelujah. You don't like my message. I, I can change it. Hallelujah. Next one, quickly. Yeah. It does not dwell on its disabilities. You see, most of our prayers that we pray as Christians is because of what we don't have. It's because of our disabilities. We always complain. Sometimes take a, take, a, take a time out and listen to your prayer. You see that you are very, very funny. Oh, you don't like my message. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes I, we always complaining. Lord, they have, they have my rent, my this, my that. No. It's like the snake hasn't got legs. But I've never seen or heard any snake complaining that why haven't you giving me legs? It's using the, what it can use to go. Almost all the creatures can go faster than the snake. But the snake is cool. The ones who are running around very fast, they are not going anywhere. Some, half of them have disappeared. You know, they were, we had this, all these uh, ter- uh, uh, terabytes, some of them could fly and walk at the same time. They walk and fly. Some of them had wings. They are big, but they can fly. All of them have disappeared. They are all extinct. Snake is still crawling in the belly. In and it's still like here. And the ones with all they had, they are, they are gone. It is not what you don't have that is important. Use what you have. I say use what you have. He has given us enough to become the head and not the tail. To become above and not beneath. Use what you have. You may not have been schooled more than uh, you, you, you thought you could, should have. But what you have is good enough. Use it. You may not have been strong. But what you have. You see, the woman doesn't have to be strong. But the woman has a lot of power. The man may be strong. But they're controlled by the woman. Yeah. You don't like what I'm saying. The Bible says in James that, listen, they are big ships, big, mighty ships, but they are controlled by a small rudder, small pin, and the captain moves it where it wants, and the ship turns, the whole big ship turns. So is the tongue. Says the smallest member in the body, but it can turn. The woman can be, look very, very, not so strong as the man. The woman, the woman is the power with the power. Not the woman, then the man. I said Friday, I saw a small lady bully a big man. We're praying in a prayer meeting. We're in a prayer meeting. Everybody whose eyes were closed and praying. And I was also praying. Then all of a sudden, I saw a small a lady bully a big man. Just pushed him, pushed him to the wall. Then the man, 
And the way the man kept quiet, I realized that this has been happening for a long time. <laughs> this is not the first time it has happened. Because if me, if me, I'm there, I'm praying, my eyes are closed, and somebody hits me to the wall, I'll, I'll have a reaction because it's not normal. It doesn't happen in my house. Are you with me? But when he opened his eyes and saw who it was, and he saw how hard he hit the wall, he just kept quiet. I said, this man has been suffering. This is not the first time. <laughs> I can guarantee you that he's been suffering. He's been bullied more, more in the house. So it is not about your weaknesses. Don't focus on your weakness. Focus on the one God has given you. Focus on that and use that. Hallelujah. Next one. It never exposes itself before the time. The next one. Pastor Sam, you gave us some more, isn't it? Give us some of the things once you gave us. Okay. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, and be harmless as doves. You know, I was, the dove is a very harmless creature. In fact, the dove signifies, the Holy Spirit is emblematic of the dove, isn't it? The emblem the Holy Spirit uses is the dove. The dove is, signifies peace, love. Are you with me? Harmless. So, so he says that use the wisdom of the serpent and the humility, the harmlessness of the dove. But there's a certain characteristic that I want you to. The word harmless as doves, it comes from a, the, the Greek word is a, a pe, care, let me spell it. Are you okay so far? Okay. Akekora, akekoris. That's A-K-E-R-A-I-O-S. Which means unmixed or pure. A-K-E-R-A-I-O-S. Akekorise. Which means unmixed or pure. Doves represent innocence. But the innocence doesn't mean naivety. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. They, they, are, they are not naive. They are, the, 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 the dove represents purity. In fact, if you look at the scripture uh, in, in Genesis 8, 7, two birds were sent out by Noah. Two birds. Noah sent the raven. How many remember? Genesis 8. Noah sent the raven to go. And uh, it went around. But you know, there's a difference between the raven and the, the dove. The raven likes dead animals. The raven is a dirty bird. The raven will eat anywhere, anyhow. The dove doesn't eat anything. If the dove eats 
seeds, certain specific quality of seeds is what the dove eats. Hallelujah. Let's read it quickly. Then he sent out the raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up the earth. And he also sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot and returned to the ark to him. For the waters were on the face of the earth. So he took, he put his hand and took her and drew her into the ark himself. Next one. And he waited for a few days. We didn't hear of the raven again. <laughs> the raven is just scarped. Because if you remember, a lot of dead bodies are floating. So it finds dead things, and that's the end of the story for the raven. But the dove will not step on carcasses. See, one of the things that Christians we need to learn is to be pure. Be pure as the word says. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Without holiness, no man will see God. Holiness is not when you stop fornicating, you stop uh, drinking, you stop this, you stop that. That is not when you become holy. Holy is when you are totally given to what God is given to. I don't know whether you understood what I said. What we call holy, you know, this person doesn't do this, doesn't have three girlfriends, doesn't do that, doesn't do that, means they are holy. No, no, that's not what God considers holy. That's how come God uses certain people and not other people. That's how come God will say, I choose David and reject Saul. Whereas David did more evil where we are concerned than Saul. Because David is totally wholly committed to God. Whatever God says he shouldn't do, he won't do it. Whatever he feels, anytime he feels he has gone off God, God wants him to, he's quick to repent. God. His whole aim, his whole desire is to stay where God is concerned. To stay pure. To stay with him. You know, the dove signifies purity. The dove signifies total commitment. That's how come we keep doves as pets. Very few birds are kept. The parrot is kept. The dove is also kept. Amen. Because it's pure. The dove was sent out again. For the sake of time, I can't. Go. The dove was sent again and they brought an olive. And how many know that olive, the olive branch is what we get the olive oil, which is a symbol of the anointing. It means that it takes holiness to become anointed. Without holiness, you cannot receive anointing. Don't tell me you are anointed if you are not holy. The raven can never bring the olive branch. <laughs> then the dove came to him in the evening. Behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf 
was in her mouth, and no one knew the waters had receded from the earth. The raven didn't bring an olive tree because a raven cannot have access to the anointing. Hallelujah. So we must learn how to be pure if we want to be anointed. And purity not in the sense of your mind. Because sometimes our sense of mind gives us uh, pride that makes us disqualify for the anointing. Because when you think, you look down on somebody and you think that I'm more anointed, I'm more spiritual than this, immediately you are discovered from the anointing. Remember the two people went to pray? The Pharisee said, Lord, I tithe. I fast twice a week. I tithe. I, am, I, I give alms to the poor. I am not like this guy here praying who is a sinner. And the sinner was beating his chest and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible said both of them left the presence of God, but one left justified. Which means one left with anointing. And it was not the Pharisee who was pure. Um, I don't know where am I. So we need to learn how to clean the anointing. The, the second thing, the second characteristic about the, 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 the dove is that all birds, most birds, they drink water, they drink a little, and they have to shoot their head up to let the water trickle down then drink and go up. The dove is the only bird that drinks the water without lifting his head up. John chapter 4. Is my time up? Hmm? John chapter 4 verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never test. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing out into everlasting life. Hallelujah. The water represents the word. And the dove is very, very concentrated when it's drinking from the word. David said, that the word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I take your word seriously. The other birds, like the chicken, just come and drink a little and then drink a little and it's gone. The bird will stay. The, the, the dove will stay for a long time. In the word. In the word. In the word. In, in, in James, the Bible says that the, the man that beholds his image in the glass and he goes forgetting what he looks like. Because he does not do what the word says. But the dove is not like that. He stays fixated on the water until the water becomes him. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? As a Christian, if you are going to survive in the midst of the wolves, you don't you can never do that outside the word of God. 
Some of us are casual browsers of the word of God. Uh, when I say casual, casual browser, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like you, you, you have an idea, you have heard like some of the stories, you, 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 yeah, you remember a little bit, but you don't go deep. So you don't glean the wisdom and the life that the word gives. Am I talking to somebody? You are just casually, you know, like this message, yeah, 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 it's a nice message, you forget. And then you go to the next one. No, 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 no. The dove will take the same message, listen to it for two weeks or a whole week, consistently. That's the dove, consistently. Like the head doesn't shift up. It stays drinking, drinking, drinking until it's full. It doesn't leave. Other best will... You feel like what best drinking? Then they fly away. They, are, they have a casual approach to the water. But the dove is totally committed to the water until his heart is filled. It's not leaving. It doesn't lift the head up. Totally concentrated. Are you a casual browser of the word? Are you totally committed to the word? What are you? My time is up. I wanted to talk about most birds chirp, sing, but the dove moans. Go, go, and there's a reason. What sound do you make? Stand to your feet, let's go. <laughs> <laughs>